Church, it was just a few days ago that we came together in the sanctuary and online, and we celebrated Christmas Eve, the looking forward to what was yesterday, Christmas, baby Jesus coming to earth, our Savior. But today, in our scripture, we jump forward to Jesus as a preteen. This gives us a very rare and unique glimpse into the younger years of Jesus. So as we seek answers and we seek the Lord today in Scripture, let us pray over what we are to read. Author God, Scripture tells us that when Jesus taught in the temple, all who heard were amazed. We want to be amazed too. We want to hear your words with new ears. We want to be unraveled and transformed by the truth tucked between those sentences. We want to be opened up by the hope in those holy pages. We want to be amazed. So as we read today, transport us to those early days in the temple. Open our hearts so we can hear your word like never before. For we are listening and we are grateful. Amen. Our scripture today picks up in Luke 2, starting in verse 41. Now every year his, meaning Jesus, parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up, as usual, for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who had heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. Then he said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he had said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Church, I have a feeling, or at least I hope, that many of us were home for the holidays, whether that is at your house or a relative's. It is a place that you call home. And it makes Christmas all the more enjoyable because of this place. It's special. But what makes it special? What makes this place home? I question what made us choose this place in our minds as home? Was it the feeling that we have when we're there? Is it the people or is it a community that surrounds it? There is something special. And I think that special piece is because home 
is where you feel like you can be yourself. You know what it's like to be known and belong. Which, if we start to use that definition or how we choose home, that could mean that we have more than one home. It is possible to have more than one home in this world. And now if we start to talk about physical homes, some of us may be blessed enough to have or do own a home, a house or two. And maybe that was what you thought of when I asked or said, maybe you're home for the holidays. Now me, I was at my house, I was at the parsonage, but I have never owned a home. I've never bought a home, I've never owned a home. So it was a bit strange for me when thinking about this and preparing for our message today. So I start to look at what does it mean to own a home from the little experience I have. You know, I mean, it seems pretty cool. You know, you got a mortgage, um, maybe a lot of house upkeep, neighbors that move in that you don't really know after you already moved in, and now you got to get to know new people. It seems fun, right? I'm sure there must be some fun pieces, though. There must be pieces that make us choose this place. So what is it? What made us settle on this being not just a house, but a home? And like I said, I've never owned a home. Uh, even when I lived with my family, my dad is also a United Methodist pastor, so we move around constantly. Uh, by the time I moved out of my parents' house, we had lived in four to six homes, somewhere around there. Uh, and we had only ever owned one of those homes, and I was at the very end of my time with my family. So I've never really had that feeling or experience of having your own place and, and choosing that place for whatever reasons. So I started to ask around and see people that, you know, own a home or have. Ask them, why'd you choose this place? What makes this your home? And these are some of the common responses that I found. First was, we just had a feeling about this place. The second was, and uh, especially around here, it is because of the schools. They would say, we love the schools, so we wanted to be close to it for our kids. Another answer, especially in this crazy market of flipping houses and whatnot, was, sure, it needed some TLC, but we saw the good bones of the house. You know, these are all good answers. These are just some of the popular ones. So as I continue to, to ask and dig a little deeper into this, this is what I really started to hear and find is they were saying, you know, it was a great house. But it wasn't until blank that it became a home. It wasn't a home until something made it, until they chose to call it home. I don't know what that is for you, but I'll let you know what makes me feel like I am home. What makes me choose this place as home uh, it is curtains. Uh, having moved around a lot, curtains to me, you know, these expensive pieces of cloth that are optional that you can put up over your windows or if you have a glass door, whatever you may choose to use them, they to me signal that you have finally moved in, 
that the boxes are done, but not just that, but that you intend to stay there. You see, curtains are very specific. Uh, I learned this as I was looking for curtains for the parsonage in different places, but no two homes have the same windows in their house, and no house has the same windows all around that house. Curtains have to be very specifically made. You have to find the right measurements, and then you have to find the right color or the right pattern. So it provides this sense of security for me, but it also is personality. I feel like I can add my own flair. I can really start to live here and feel the security to grow here. Plus, on top of that, I don't have to deal with the annoying strings on the blinds and stuff anymore. That's a big plus. And you know, having moved around a lot, I also started to think about our military families and how hard it is for us when we move to make this place a home. Especially after you may have been somewhere for years and you just started to feel settled down and you're like, yes, this is not just our house, this is our home now. And then orders or the bishop come through and say, you need to move. But I also recognize that every single time that move happens, we make our very best, we make an effort to turn that house whichever it is, into a home, just like the last one. I want to go back to defining what a home is now. After kind of looking at it, I would say that home is really where we find belonging. It is somewhere we find belonging. And so, uh, looking into what it means to belong, I found this quote by Brene Brown, who says this, True belonging is not something you negotiate externally. It's what you carry in your heart. It's finding the sacredness in being a part of something. And when we reach this place, even momentarily, we belong everywhere and nowhere. From this we can see that home is not necessarily a place, but is where we find authentic Belonging. We are nowhere in particular, but it could be somewhere that the Spirit leads us. And I challenge us to think about it this way. Home is not just a shelter. It's not just a place to feel safe. Home is a choice. It is a commitment we make to ourselves or in a group to provide this feeling of belonging, to provide relationships and security so that we and others may grow in this home. For you see, a home should not be chosen based on where it is, but on the commitment to providing authentic belonging. Our scripture gives us insight into Jesus as a preteen, and usually we think of Jesus as an adult, right? We usually think of Jesus, you know, he's healing, he's preaching, teaching, going from this place to this place, led by the Spirit. But this rare opportunity in Luke 2, it shows us this important juncture in the life of Jesus, 
It's a story that teaches us about the spaces we create and the spaces that we embody for others to dwell in. So it made me wonder, do you think Jesus called that temple in Jerusalem his home temple? Like some of us may call St. Stephen's or another church our church home. I mean, if we think about it, Jesus went to this temple every year for a few days or a week to celebrate the Passover. But then Jesus stays. He's 12 years old. And he decides, Mom and Dad are going. I'm going to stay at the temple for about four days. Should be enough time. I mean, what in the world could have made Jesus, this 12-year-old boy, decide to stay there? instead of going with Mary and Joseph. I mean, he certainly must have felt like he belonged there, like he was accepted, maybe even drawn to this place. And he knew, Jesus knew that this was God's house. His father's house is what he called it. And he's choosing to be there instead of going home with his father and mother on earth So why would a 12-year-old boy decide to stay at a temple, at church, instead of going home? To answer that question, I want us to think about what makes God attractive. First off, we know that God is love. We know that from God's actions in this world, but we also know it through Scripture telling us. We also know that God is welcoming. And here in the United Methodist Church specifically, we practice this in a beautiful way, what we call open table during communion. This is when, and it means, that all are invited to the table. See, I don't invite you, but the Lord invites you to God's table. Because we recognize from Scripture that God invites all people to love him. And that God breaks down every barrier, every wall that gets in the way. You may not have thought about this one, but God is also fun. I, it, it can be hard to believe sometimes, but think about it. God created fun, so God knows what fun is, so God must be fun. And we may also think that God has a sense of humor, especially when we look back at our lives and see the twists and the turns God has led us to. God may have a sense of humor, but we know that God is fun. We also know that God provides this place of belonging, belonging with hope and joy and a space, a place to worship freely with others who are seeking to grow and find answers themselves. God creates the space, not just physical, but spiritual and emotional, showing us that we belong, that we are loved, and that this is a place where you can grow. Unfortunately, that is not the experience that all people have with God's house. So, how can we here at St. Stephen's create a place that people choose to call home? 
I'll tell you this. We've been wrestling with this very question in the youth ministry, trying to figure out how to embody this. And we start by looking at what God is and modeling ourselves after God. So if God is loving, fun, surrounds us in belonging, is welcoming, and has a place of seeking, then we should also be those things, seeking to be all of those things. And church, we may call ourselves welcoming, and I'm sure we have many times, or we may even say we are fun, but how easily it is to fall into the trap of comfort and to get distracted. So instead of being welcoming, over time we become exclusive, or we become like uh, the terrible example of a church, like a country club. We can only get in unless you have a ticket. I wonder if as the church we are cognizant of the impact that we have on young lives during the formative years, just like Jesus in the temple when he was 12. I want to take it a step further, though. Are we cognizant about everyone that comes in these doors? Because truly, we never stop being formed. We may have a youth program, but we also have our joy class, our just older youth. We also have our other, and I'll be careful with my terminology, uh, advanced youth. You just have a lot more experience than some. We are all still being formed. We are all still growing. So do we understand just how powerful our role is in each one and everyone's lives that come to this place in us? Are we providing a space for authentic relationships to develop? Like I said, our youth program has been working hard for years to try and provide this space to be a chosen home for youth. And over the summer in August, we had a uh, vision summit. And some of you were here, and you helped us form what this is. And some of you, this may be your first time hearing it, so I want to share it with you. We came up with a new vision and then how to make that happen. Here's what it is. Our new vision statement reads, We connect youth to a loving environment that fosters a relationship with God and our neighbor. And we do so. We do so by being welcoming, meaning we provide a culture of unconditional acceptance as modeled by Christ. We are service-oriented, meaning we live our faith and share our gifts through loving actions. We are God-led, so that everything we do is inspired by Christ's love and grace. And yes, we are fun. Because we create environments filled with celebration, hope, and enthusiasm for all. And before COVID, for our youth, we would always provide a meal. Because we wanted everyone to feel welcome. And I'll tell you what, food breaks down any barrier that is in the way. But it, we also did this because we don't know who's going to walk in those doors. And we want them to feel welcomed, but we also want them to feel like they are at home. And that at this home, they don't have to worry about whether they'll be fed or not. 
no matter who walks in those doors, they would receive a meal and that we would provide this for them. And church, this place of St. Stephen's, these people that make up the church, it is home to so many, both near and far. Think about the people in your Sunday school class who have zoomed in from states away. Think about the people that have moved away and called this home for many years. And then there are the people that we don't even know that have memories of this place or have experienced St. Stephen's as home. They are young, old, new believers, Bible scholars, longtime members, guests. And I bet there are even some unborn that will find this place as home. So for us to continue to build St. Stephen's and ourselves in a way to be a, choose, a chosen home for others, these are some attributes that I want us to take to heart. And they are attributes that every good community and every good home has and that we should model. We find them in the Bible starting in Colossians 3. And this is what it says. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against you, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. So church, we must be actively and consistently lifting up one another by being compassionate and kind, by being humble, which is hard to do, and patient, but forgiving of all and loving all. That way, we can live in peace. So that when a young person walks into this place, they can find a home here. Or when a young family comes in feeling stressed out or lost, they can see that this is a place where they can belong and a place where they can grow. But it can also be a place, and it must be a place for the widows, for the single, the elderly. Anyone, regardless of their circumstances, should come to this place and feel like it is home. And they do so because they have found something special in the authentic belonging. We are called to make this community of St. Stephen's a home for others, regardless of their age, language, culture, orientation, race, gender, and background, so that they know they belong, that they belong in this place of welcome to be a chosen home. So let us be an intentional people who seek to create this place of belonging. For by doing so, that peace that we create in ourselves and in this space attracts others. And it is true, a house has four walls, and our church has a lot more than that. But a home is where you are known and where you belong. 
So I hope and I pray that St. Stephen's and the church as a whole can be a home for you, but also a home for others. Amen. Church, let us pray. Lord Almighty, we ask that you transform in our lives and in this space to be at peace, to clothe ourselves with humbleness, compassion, with love, forgiveness, and kindness. May we resemble and embody you, both in this place and out in the world, so that your home may stretch beyond these walls. Amen.